The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. In the past few years, we've heard the term free agents and been told we would all need to become one in order to succeed. The recent economic structures have helped to promote this concept as reality. Where do we get the tools to take control of our career path in the present and future? Welcome to The Career Confidant with your host, Marie Zimanoff. Marie and her guest experts are here to provide you with the tools you need to move forward and achieve your career goals. Now, here is Marie Zimanoff. Welcome to The Career Confidant, and good afternoon if you are tuning in live. If you're downloading the podcasts, as many as you, of you do, we're so grateful that you're doing that and happy to be here to help with your career needs. This is your host for The Career Confidant, Marie Zimanoff, and I'm so happy that you've joined us today because we're going to talk about one of those hot topics in the job search career management world. And as you know, we're here to really give you the tools that you need to manage your own career. And the problem, as we all know, is that even those tools keep changing. And so today we are just thrilled to have a guest with us, Louise Kurzmark, who's going to be talking with us about the future of the resume. The resume has been a tool in your career toolbox forever. And I'm sure you've been hearing all the scuttle about it going away and it's dying. So Louise is here to share with us her perspective on that the future of the resume, if you will. And Louise is the co-founder of the Resume Writing Academy, co-director of the Career Thought Leaders Consortium, and author of more than 20 books on resume writing. But more importantly, Louise is one of my favorite resume experts and writes some of my the books that I recommend to people when they're writing their resumes. So, Louise, welcome to the show. Thank you, Marie. It's great to be here. And as you know, this is one of my very favorite subjects, so I'm excited about talking about it. Yeah, yes. And, you know, let's just start off with talking about what you see as the future of the resume itself, how it's evolving in recent years and in the near future, what, what is changing that, that people need to be aware of as they're writing their own resumes or working with a, a resume professional? Well, I think one important thing to recognize is that the resume is changing, but it's not going away. So when people say the resume is dying or you don't need to have a resume, all you need is an online profile or whatever other advice they're throwing around, we have to keep in mind what the resume actually is. And even if its form changes, the document or the material itself is still necessary. Resume is simply a synopsis of your career, your value, your qualities, your your qualifications and experiences that are going to be of interest to an employer. That's really essentially what the resume is. So whether you're putting it onto the very old school one sheet of paper or the newfangled uh, LinkedIn profile or something along those lines, it's still the same content or similar content that we need to be thinking about in terms of how we're presenting it, what we're presenting, what we're highlighting, what we're downplaying, and how we're making 
making the most of the experiences that we have. So the form may change, the way that people look at it may change, but the content itself is remains quite similar. And what are you hearing from recruiters about the resume itself as a document? Are they still using that document? Would you say an overwhelming amount of recruiters or hiring managers aren't looking at a, a paper or electronic but still kind of paper resume? I'm seeing both. Some people like paper. Others want to look at things on screen. But one thing that I think is extremely important for people to recognize when they're starting to write the resume is what has, what has changed is how people read. It used to be I have a nice vision of someone sitting down with a stack of resumes and a cup of tea and a nice reading lamp and kind of carefully reading every line on a resume as they're selecting candidates for a job. Now, maybe that was always just a dream, but nowadays, even that, that dream is not happening. People are looking at them very, very quickly, whether it's on a screen, whether it's in a stack, whether it's you know, content being parsed out through an applicant tracking system. They're looking very, very quickly to figure out, does this person have anything that I care about for this job that I'm filling? Is there anything in there that is going to warrant a second look? So your resume first needs to be designed to get that first look and capture interest. And then as people will read more deeply as they have time, you want that them that document to reward them for that deeper reading. But if you don't write it and design it in a way that it can be very quickly skimmed to pick up some important information, what's going to happen is they are just moving on to the next document. Um, You know, I think we've seen that in how we all read. We have so many distractions. Content is getting shorter. Commercials on television are getting shorter. Um, So everything is, is speeded up and really drilled down to the essence. And the resume needs to follow along with that trend in our society. Okay, so what I'm hearing is that it's faster, quicker, but there's still an essence of, whether it's online or in paper, there's an essence that needs to be communicated of your accomplishments. I think that what I hear from some candidates that are hearing from other people is, you know, that all of that doesn't matter. Recruiters are just looking at your LinkedIn profile and then they're giving you a call. It seems like there's got to be something in the process still, though, and, and probably will be for a while that's kind of the, I don't know, the, that document that you keep in somebody's file, right? If all we have is a LinkedIn profile, that might change. Or if I print it out, it's really long. So I, st- I see that there's still going to be some need for something that is... I don't know if it's, it's not necessarily validation, right? But it's that written history Mm. of that person that you put in that file. Do you think that will go away at some point? I don't know. It may turn into all electronic files, but I think that's a really important point, Marie, because what what I um, love about hiring is that it is still done by human beings. So we have a lot of scanning systems and we have keyword parsing and we have online profiles and recruiters are, you know, selecting profiles. Still what happens is when hiring is done, two people are sitting down, you know, in a business environment and having a conversation. And in that environment, the the document, the resume on paper is extremely important because you don't want to have to, if you're hiring, you don't want to have to be looking at a screen while you are interviewing a candidate. You want to have something that you can take a note on, something that you can, um, you know, glance down at in a less obtrusive way when you're interviewing. And then, yes, you want to put it into a file because you're going to be saving uh, information about that particular candidate. Now, you know, maybe someday, as I said, it will turn into all electronic files. It'll be scanned or it'll just be pulled up at the, at the, 
punch of a finger. But at the moment, hiring is still done by humans. Humans are still looking at pieces of paper. So the one- or two-page resume remains an essential tool in the job search. Now, it's not always the first thing, the first introduction of people. Um, maybe your, your um, online profile is seen first. Uh, but it is important in the process, and it's an important part of the hiring, um, you know, the process that companies need to follow to get people into their system, to move them through the system, and to keep records about them. Yeah, definitely. There's got to be some some kind of record-keeping, and until HR changes quite a bit, I, I still see some form of record-keeping that they're going to be requiring their teams to do, mm-hmm. and that's going to involve, involve some kind of resume, whether it's printed on paper or, or just a, a document that the hiring manager is taking notes in. I, I work with a lot of HR people, and they love their processes, right? Yes. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And, the, and that's still that, going to be... That, that I really think is important when people are thinking, oh, I don't need a resume, I'll just put up a profile, um, or whatever they're thinking to get out of the task of writing a resume... The process of writing a resume is really, really valuable for job seekers it, because it forces you to think about what it is is that's important, what it is that is the first thing you want people to see. You know, what, what of your experiences and your achievements are you going to make sure are kind of high up on the page? Which are the ones that you're going to try to bury because they're not as important? What are the things that you've done that you're going to try to uh, eliminate from the document completely because you know they're not beneficial to you? So when you go through that process and you really think, what do the employers for the jobs that I'm interested in, what are they looking for? How can I show them that I have it? Then all of that information becomes really fresh in your mind, and the stories that you have to tell in the resume with regard to your successes and your achievements, those are going to be fresh in your mind, and you have a really clear picture of who you are and why you're a great candidate for the jobs that you're interested in. So the process itself goes a long way toward creating that clarity and that confidence and those messages that you're going to need, even if that paper resume never gets you know, print it out and put on the desk in front of someone, um, having done it in itself is a really valuable process. Yeah, and I think in some ways LinkedIn lets you not worry about that so much, right? Because you can include everything. But then if you haven't thought about your your brand or your focus or your strategy as you're talking about the resume makes you do, that LinkedIn profile might just be a collection of all this stuff that really doesn't tell anybody anything about where you want to go if you haven't thought about it that way. Right. And as you said, LinkedIn doesn't have, well, it has some space limitations, but they're very generous. So you can put everything in there, and you can have multiple categories and listings of this, you know, all the things that you've done in projects and publications, and you can add on links to um, other things that, you know, work product and, and all the things that you want to show in your profile. That's great. So having that freedom can certainly help you create a really strong profile, but as you said, Marie, you have to think first, who do I want to be, how do I want to be seen? What is the image that I want to convey in this profile as well as in the resume? And if you don't think about that, your profile is probably not going to be very good either uh, or very consistent with your brand, and then that can be a killer. You don't look like you're special in any way. You look like you're kind of all over the place. Yeah, so that process, as you said, of, of really focusing in your brand and figuring out what backs it up, right? It's that this is how I want people to see me and this is the evidence for why they should see me that way. And it's not just in the resume. It goes across all of the mediums and it mm-hmm. is a really a, a, 
as you said, a foundational piece to people's career management and job search and all of that. So when we come back, we're going to take a short break. Come back, we're going to talk about some of the other mediums that are out there. We've talked a little bit about LinkedIn, but I'm going to ask for Louise to give us her opinion on some of the other mediums that are out there in terms of video or building your own web portfolio. What else are hiring managers looking at? What else is, as you would say, maybe a portfolio that you're going to create for yourself in addition to the traditional resume? So we'll be back in just a few minutes and we're going to keep talking here with Louise Kersmark. And if you have a question that you want to ask Louise, this is an awesome opportunity. You can call in live at 866 472 5790 and ask Louise a question about resumes and get some great advice for yourself if you're working on your your resume right now. So we'll be back in just a few minutes. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. You know that the career landscape has changed and that you need to be proactive about managing your career. You can have the foresight, skills, and confidence you need to take charge of your career and seize opportunities. A strategic advantage and career expert, Marie Zimanoff has helped thousands of leaders like you get focused, get found, and get hired. Visit GetCareerSmart.com to find out more. That's GetCareerSmart.com or call 800-521-2080 to schedule your complimentary consultation. Where is the best place to put your money? Rick Saylor with co-host Eric Hamburg will take the mystery out of investing in order to keep your hard-earned wealth performing and protecting to its maximum potential. Listen for Straight Talk, Clear Decisions, live every Friday at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 7 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Rick Saylor, smooth financial sailing for the best part of your life. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. are tuned in to The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. If you have a question or comment for Marie or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to marie at a strategicadvantage.com. Now, back to The Career Confidant. Welcome back to The Career Confidant. This is your host, Marie Zimanoff, and we are talking today with resume expert Louise Kersmark, and so excited to have Louise sharing her insights. And we've talked about already some of the ways that the resume itself is evolving, being easier to read, quick, get across your point fast. Louise, is there any kind of practical tips you would give to people to make that happen? How can they make sure that the critical information is getting seen very quickly? Well, one of it is a real simple format um, 
technique, and that is if you have any paragraphs that are longer than two or three lines, you need to cut them down so they're only two or three lines. And you can do that by editing the content down, or you can do it by breaking them into multiple paragraphs. Just so that if someone is skimming, they're not going to see a big block of text. Same thing for bullet points. If a bullet is longer than two, maybe three lines, you want to cut it down. One or two lines is ideal for a bullet, and one, two, three lines is ideal for paragraphs. So just presenting the information in a way that's easy to skim with white space that allows people to look from section to section and a font size that's readable. Now, obviously, when we do all of that, we do need to edit some content out of a lot of resumes because people tend to cram in too much information. And if you're thinking about things to take out, I would take out a lot of the qualifiers, the adjectives that you're trying to tell people how great you are at something that's hard to quantify or you're trying to include your attributes in a resume. I would concentrate on your experiences and your achievements. Where have you been? What have you done? How have you contributed? And let the employer figure out during the interview process if you are hardworking, if you have great communication skills, if you are um, you know, ethical and trusted or whatever adjectives you might have in your document. Focus on the facts and let the other things come out during the interview process. Yeah, I, I was just talking with someone on the show about branding not too long ago and just thinking about that people get up caught up in building their brand as all these adjectives where really your brand is the accomplishments that you choose to highlight, right? It's that you're building this picture and telling the story through accomplishments, not necessarily a bunch of flowery language. Exactly, and that flowery language is a big turnoff for a lot of people reading the resume, particularly recruiters, and often they just skip right over it. So you don't want to waste space on something that people are not going to read. You want everything on the resume to be really valuable, and that's really focusing on the facts. And as I said, when, when you get to the interview, they are going to be very interested in how you do things and what your style is and what your innate strengths are. But they have to first start out thinking, does this person have what it takes to to do the job? Do they have the basic qualifications? That's the purpose of the resume. So tell me a little bit about story, because I know in our industry we talk a lot about story and how they should tell their story in the resume and the LinkedIn profile. How does people telling their story fit into that new mindset of give it to them fast? Well, that's a great question because sometimes the story can get a little bit longer but if it's interesting and relevant, you know, that's going to be okay. The reason stories are so powerful is because they are specific, they're unique, and they're memorable. We always remember a story more than we remember some generalities. So when you tell a story and you can frame it in a way that you're describing something that you did on the job that was a problem or a challenge or a situation that you had to address, and you tell it in a logical way, I like, I'm sure you know, Marie, you've, you've used the... Um, the car story, the par story, the spar story, they have all these acronyms for it, but it's the same concept, meaning first you describe the problem, the situation, or the challenge, then you describe the actions, what you did about it, then you describe the results. Um, and if you can use that really logical flow, you can probably use a good bit of that in your LinkedIn profile. You can use a good bit of that in your interview, and then in the resume, perhaps you just pull out the results the final piece of that, or maybe you have just the challenge and the result, hired to do such and such, you know, brought, built a new team and delivered results six months ahead of schedule, or something that's kind of short and to the point and not 
elaborately detailed. And then in the rest of your um, job search process, you're going to tell that story with a lot more detail because people are interested in it. So telling the story and then extracting some of that key information for the resume is a really great exercise to go through. And then expanding some of those points in other uh, medium is, is really going to be uh, valuable to you as well because you're going to have consistency then across all of your materials. Yeah, and I think that that's the beauty of this, right, is that the pieces all fit together. Your resume is the short version all focused on the facts, as you've said, Mm -hmm. and then your LinkedIn profile gives you some more space to tell the story, and then there's all these other things out there that people can can do too, right? They can build a, a... a website for themselves, they can build a web portfolio, they can do videos, all of those other pieces of the puzzle, if you will, that they can use to add to the story. Exactly. And, and when you think about it, it really makes a lot of sense because, you know, we're telling people, oh, you've got to have a nice crisp resume, get to the point, just the facts. But when employers or prospective employers start to dig in a little bit more deeply and they like what they see in the resume, they are very interested to go to find out more. They don't want it all up front because they're not yet that interested. But once their interest is peaked, then they're going to say, gee, this is a great candidate, I wonder if he or she has done anything like, you know, this or there's any more material. And if you have a link in your resume to your website where you have a portfolio of your work or you have a link in your resume to an article where you were quoted in the press or a link in your resume to something that you wrote and published or some photographs or a video that you created, those links are things that are going to expand on what's in the resume and they're going to be evidence of your work so that they're very powerful. Powerful, but once again, you can't give people everything all up front, all of that information in the first um, go round, because they're just not that interested. It's too much information. So save it for later. Have more for later parts of the process, and recognize that those who are interested in the beginning are going to be very interested in finding out more. So those are really good opportunities. Yes. So you have heard that hiring managers like to be able to click through on a resume to some kind of web portfolio. Are there certain types of professionals that should be worried more about a web portfolio? Is a LinkedIn profile with some good um, resources posted in the summary, can that be enough for some people? When do you recommend that people go to something more extensive like a, a website or a portfolio? Well, I do think that LinkedIn is a fantastic and free place for you to create that portfolio because you have your expanded version of your resume, you know, your narrative storytelling style. You have links to other things. Um, I think that's a really great thing to have there. But if you are a designer, why would you not want a portfolio of some of the examples of your work? And it would be linked from LinkedIn. It would be linked from your resume. If you're in any kind of a graphic field, visual field, that's the perfect opportunity, and you definitely should have that because that's what employers are looking for. And it's a great example, of, and not only it's an example of the work they're going to do for them. Um, yes. My son is a great example. He is a designer. He created a website for a portfolio for his uh, of his work, and he ended up getting job offers only from the portfolio. He never had more than a skeleton of a resume because they were finding him through his portfolio. So for some people, it's extremely important. Um, anyone who has, um, uh, you know, if you're a writer or if, you're, if you've published material, you can have excerpts on a portfolio. You can have links to the full version. Um, so I think those, whenever you have any kind of work product that you can share, that's the perfect example to have a portfolio. 
Well, and I've been encouraging professionals to think about what kind of work product they can share no matter what they do, right? Even if you're a CFO, if you've built a dashboard, put in some imaginary numbers and show the the dashboard on LinkedIn just to give people any kind of visual Mm -hmm. instead of just the words. I think that's a great idea. Visuals are extremely important, which kind of brings us to the topic of video. Um, you know, YouTube videos, videos that we see online are so uh, popular. People love video. And video allows job seekers, professionals, to express themselves in a different way. You know, we had a little bit of talk a few years ago about the video resume and how employers didn't want to click through onto a video. So it was all it was someone talking about their resume. And I totally get that because that's not really a compelling thing to do. But a short video that is an enhancement to, an, to a traditional resume or to an online profile that lets you come across in a way that shows your personality, that's professional, that can you know, demonstrate communication skills or can show you doing something that you would do on the job is extremely powerful. And as I said, people love video and it can be very uh, effective for you. Well, and I think as the market, and I don't know if you're seeing this, Louise, but my market has definitely shifted to working with more professionals who are employed and looking to either advance or or get move up, move out. And so I talk to them about putting together videos that make sense, not necessarily for that move, but for where they are now, right? Show me you giving a presentation now or even a webinar, right? It doesn't have to be a quote-unquote presentation or your face in front of the video. Mm -hmm. If there's some kind of voiceover that you could do that's showing your subject matter expertise, that can be a great way to create a video without having that video where it's you standing there talking about you, like the video resume Mm -hmm. idea kind of floundered. Yes, I, I agree with that. I think that's great advice that you're giving them because particularly for people who are employed and they're doing a, a job search under the radar or they're doing it passively where they, they're not out there pounding the pavement looking for a new job, but they're very open to new opportunities. The way that new opportunities are going to find them is when they have material out there, when there's content out there with their name, with their face, with their work product, and it shows them being smart and professional and a leader in their field and different from others. So those are things that are really very beneficial for people, as I said, under the radar, and then you can be sought out and not have to go out looking, so it's much more enjoyable for you as well. Definitely. Any other mediums that people should be thinking about that we haven't talked about? Well, I do want to say one thing about, um, very briefly, about applicant tracking systems. We haven't talked about that at all, which I'm grateful for because I'm not that fond of them. But we do need to recognize that if you're submitting a resume through an online application, you have to follow the rules for applicant tracking systems or your material won't be recognized. So we need to know what those rules are and give people documents, or if you're doing it yourself, you want to create a document that works for that. But I do want to encourage people not to obsess about applicant tracking systems because it is really a small portion of, you're going to have a very small success with, with those methods. Most people are going to find a job through a referral, and then your traditional resume is going to be your your best source. So don't go crazy over the applicant tracking systems, but do recognize that you need to know the format so that you can be successful, uh, you know, when you do upload. 
Yeah, and boy, those are changing all the time. So that that's an important thing to talk about. And when we come back from our break, I'll give folks a few resources on that when we've talked about it in the show. But before we go to break, uh, our time with Louise is up. So I want to give you a chance, Louise, to tell my listeners how they can find you, if, if they can connect with you on LinkedIn, or how you prefer that they connect with you if they're interested in talking to you further. I think LinkedIn would be a great place for them to go. They can look me up. Um, my um, LinkedIn URL is uh, Louise Kersmark, just my name, so you can find me there. And you'll read all about me and find uh, links to my various websites and things I'm involved with. In my private practice, I'm working with executives only, um, but I love to, to hear from and talk with job seekers at all levels. Well, great. So, Louise, you've provided some great information today for listeners who might be working on their resume and and I think it's so important for us as career professionals whether we're thinking about moving right now or thinking about moving in the future the resume is one thing that people come in and they say oh you know I haven't updated this forever and and then you don't know your stories you don't know your accomplishments so I just encourage you to connect with someone like Louise and and Keep up with what's going on in resumes so that if the day comes that you want to apply to a position or someone asks for your resume for a promotion, you're not scrambling to get it ready. So thank you for Louise to coming on to the show today and giving us some great information. And stay right here. We'll be back in just a few minutes to give you some more great information on resumes and applicant tracking systems so that you can have all the information you need to move forward in your job search. We'll be back in just a few minutes. The business community's first choice in Internet Talk Radio, Voice America Business Network. You know that the career landscape has changed and that you need to be proactive about managing your career. You can have the foresight, skills, and confidence you need to take charge of your career and seize opportunities. A strategic advantage and career expert, Marie Zimanoff has helped thousands of leaders like you get focused, get found, and get hired. Visit GetCareerSmart.com to find out more. That's GetCareerSmart.com or call 800-521-2080 to schedule your complimentary consultation. Tune in to the soul of enterprise, business in the knowledge economy with co-hosts Ron Baker and Ed Kless. Ron and Ed will show you how to recognize that wealth is created by intellectual capital. It's all in the possibilities that we can create and that are created for us. These possibilities are destined to be discovered by human imagination and through the service of others, creating a brighter future for all of us. The Soul of Enterprise is heard live every Friday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern, on the Voice America Business Channel. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You are tuned in to The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. If you have a question or comment for Marie or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to marie at a strategicadvantage.com. Now, back to The Career Confidant. 
Welcome back to The Career Confidant. If you are just joining us, you've missed quite the treat. We just had Louise Kurzmark on with us talking about the future of resumes. And, you know, this is one of those topics that's out there and sometimes people get carried away in trying to make it a sexy topic and saying things that might not necessarily be helpful to you and managing your career and doing your job search. So thinking about what Louise said and where she works, right, talking to recruiters nationally and actually even internationally and really keeping her finger on the pulse of where the resume is going. Interesting for her to say that the The essence of the resume definitely isn't going anywhere, right? The idea that you're going to have to share where you've been, what you've done, and how you've added value. And the actual paper and or electronic version of a paper resume is not going anywhere very fast because hiring is still done by people. Resumes are still involved in the process somewhere. And hiring managers are still trying to figure out how to dot the I's and cross the T's without that document, right? That document provides things that a LinkedIn profile doesn't. You know, not all of us have our phone numbers, emails, address on our LinkedIn profiles. Your LinkedIn profile changes, so I've got to either save a PDF of it or print it to have a record of of who I hired in the first place, right? And all of those things are very important to an HR person who's going to have to answer to that they did their due diligence before you were hired, checked your references, made sure that you your degree that you claimed was valid. All of those things that we see get in trouble in the news, right, when people are lying have to be validated by something. And right now that's still your resume, Now, where it comes in in the process may not be the first thing people see, right? And so, thinking about all the different ways that people might find you and making sure all of those mediums convey the same interest or the same brand, the same accomplishments and the same interest, I guess, the same aim is very important, and that's where that essence of the resume is. That the, the resume is really a marketing plan in some ways, if you do it right. Because it's thought through before you put together a resume, who the audience is, what you want them to know about you, and then how you're going to organize the information from your background in a way that positions you for that type of role. And that process is very powerful. And again, if you're building a LinkedIn profile without going through that process, your profile is not going to be very productive. Either people are going to be contacting you for jobs you don't want, or people aren't going to be contacting you at all because it's not clear what your focus is. And if you're still employed, that could hurt you in several different ways, right? If you're unclear in your profile, people might be contacting you for for jobs you don't want and get you in trouble or people might not be contacting you to do business with you that you'd like to be contacting you because your focus isn't there. Now, I think this idea of our resumes getting 
shorter is interesting because you'll you'll notice that Louise said one to two pages. So we're not necessarily saying that shorter means everybody needs to be on one page. Shorter means that you're sharing sound bites of information. And those sound bites of information have good space between them so someone can move through quickly. Now to do that it actually might require two pages, right? To be able to share sound bites that are meaningful for a twenty year career might take two pages. But what Louise is talking about in terms of being crisp and, and short is that the statements within that document are crisp and short. As she said, two to three lines for any kind of paragraph, one to two lines for any kind of bullet, that you're really making it easy to skim. And thinking about if you've got a six-line paragraph in your resume and then you put that on someone's phone, it's going to be more than one scroll of the phone to get through one paragraph. That's probably not going to work. So thinking about all the different ways that people might be reading your document is extremely important. And thinking about that that short, crisp, soundbite type of idea does not mean that we get rid of the story. As Louise was talking about, it's just the story gets shorter in your document and then you get that ability to expand on the story on LinkedIn where you can put in the project story as a project. You can put in some narrative in, a, in an experience entry. You can put some narrative in your summary. You can put even some more of those adjectives in your summary to tell people who you are but being careful about how much of that you're trying to do in your, in your actual resume. So then we get to the idea of, okay, the resume, the essence behind it's not going anywhere. You have to be able to say where you're going, what is important about your background, and how you've added value. And there's all these different ways that you can do that. The resume, LinkedIn profile, and then we talked a little bit about media. And media might be shared in a lot of different ways. Media might be shared actually in your LinkedIn profile, which I, as I was talking with Louise, would highly encourage. In what way can you get something up on LinkedIn that's a visual, a presentation, a video if that fits? But any kind of mediums that people can see right there on LinkedIn as work products, work examples, whether that's a white paper or anything that you can add there. And we've talked about that a little bit in the show. But on your other mediums, you're still thinking about the audience and what you want them to know about you, right? Even if you've got a web portfolio, if it's got too much stuff in it or it's not clear which direction you're headed goes back to that same idea of it not being effective because it doesn't have that clarity and if we're thinking about being clear really that makes it even easier to get short on the resume because you're just sharing the information that's most critical to where you're headed when I see people having trouble getting their resume down, usually it's because they are too broad of focus and want to share a lot of things. Sometimes it's technical and, and sharing those technical things is important. And we have to figure out how much of the technical pieces make sense to share to that first reader. 
And then when might it make sense to have an additional document that shares more of the technical pieces to someone who might care? Right. And I think Louise was pretty blunt about saying that they're, you're giving people more than they really care about. They want to be given some kind of teaser just to say why they should care. They need enough information in your resume to back that up. The resume can't just be a teaser because lots of hiring managers need more than that to be able to spend the time to contact you. But that's the fine balance there of how that information plays into your resume. And being able to you know, send it to yourself as an attachment, look at it on your phone, see what you think. And be able to use formatting that helps people move through the document. And I think this is one thing that, and Louise touched on this briefly, with the applicant tracking systems, a lot of people started to get afraid of formatting. Don't be afraid of the formatting, right? There are plenty of formatting options that can help people move through the document. Space in between lines, lines, bullets, color, that are not going to mess up the document when it goes through applicant tracking systems. And if you're wondering more about applicant tracking systems or looking to get some more information on that, I would point you to either our our previous show that we did in November with Cheryl Minnick, and Cheryl talked a lot about applicant tracking systems, or tune in and we'll do another one here soon because they are changing a lot. They're very complex. And as Louise said, can't be your only game. Those applicant tracking systems, one, if you're doing a, a good focused resume, you'll have the keywords to get through it. If you're not using fancy formatting like tables, you'll be able to get through it. Lines are fine. But it's more, don't let that get in the way of building a good, solid resume or LinkedIn profile. Both require that you're thinking about the information in a very targeted way. Whether you're trying to optimize your LinkedIn profile or get your resume through applicant tracking systems or get your resume through a human, they all require the same focus and the same easy organization of your information, right? Not, not getting carried away with the complexity there. So we'll be back in just a few minutes and we're going to talk briefly here as we close about some of the other trends in resumes, things that you should be thinking about, and trends in the hiring process, and how those will impact when and how your resume actually gets seen. So we'll be back in just a few minutes. business community's first choice in internet talk radio voice america business network 
you know that the career landscape has changed and that you need to be proactive about managing your career. You can have the foresight, skills, and confidence you need to take charge of your career and seize opportunities. A strategic advantage and career expert, Marie Zimanoff has helped thousands of leaders like you get focused, get found, and get hired. Visit GetCareerSmart.com to find out more. That's GetCareerSmart.com or call 800-521-2080 to schedule your complimentary consultation. What do business and sports have in common? Both are based on competition, and the goal of each is the same, to win. If you're in business, you need an edge over your competitors. You need to innovate and improve. You need to make adjustments to stay ahead of your competition. Tune in to The Business Locker Room with Kelly Riggs. Get the playbook and the coaching you need to improve your business performance. The Business Locker Room airs live every Monday at 4 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. You are tuned in to The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. If you have a question or comment for Marie or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to marie at a strategicadvantage.com. Now, back to The Career Confidant. Welcome back to The Career Confidant, and today we've been talking about the future of the resume, and if you were listening in earlier or you want to go back and listen, Louise Kersmark was here talking about the future of the resume. Now, Louise is the author, as I said, of one of my favorite resume book series. If you're going to look at resume examples to help yourself write a resume, please Please, please do not look at examples online unless they happen to be posted on the website of someone who you trust as a resume expert, which if you're not in the field, it's probably going to be hard for you to discern. So Louise is great. Her websites might provide some good samples. I've got a few on my website. Of course, that's not very objective of me, is it? So go to Louise's, Louise and Wendy NLO have created what, what is titled the expert resumes for expert resumes series. So they've got expert resumes for new graduates, expert resumes for healthcare professionals, for career changers, for managers and executives, for engineers. They've got a whole series expert resumes for and look at examples in those books. Books should be newer than like 2008, 2010. The newer, the better, obviously. Just beware of getting samples online. I've seen some really bad examples on places like ask.com and those types of sites where it's saying, oh, this is a great sample and and they're not, right? They're really out of date. They're still using objectives and, and things that aren't used at all in the field anymore. So that's part of why I invited Luis here to talk with you all is because of the level of quality that she's talking about when she 
gives advice around resumes. She was also the first person I ever took resume training from about seven years ago. So just a long time person in the field with great information. And so she talked about making that shorter sound bites, still telling your story, making sure that we're providing the critical information, being careful of your adjectives, and, you know, words like successful. If it was successful, give me the details, give me the data, give me the facts that adjectives aren't doing you much good. So let's talk quickly here about how the resume is still in the process. So I don't want you to not be ready, right? I don't want you to have I want you to have all the tools that you need in that toolbox before the opportunity comes so that you can act quickly and be ahead of the competition, right? It's, it's all about being able to act quickly on opportunities. So thinking about if a recruiter is going to find you on LinkedIn or they're going to find a YouTube video that you posted or a white paper that you writ- wrote, They might call you from that. They might write you through LinkedIn and set up an interview. Those pieces may happen without a resume. That is very true. Then think about the next step where they're passing you to a hiring manager. Most recruiters I've talked to still want a resume to send to that hiring manager. That more comprehensive look at where you've been, what you've done, how you've added value. They want to be able to send that to their hiring manager. Some very new age companies might be doing it all off the LinkedIn profile. Haven't talked to many of those. Having that resume ready to be able to make that move when the recruiter asks for it, critical. And you might think, well, it doesn't matter what the resume looks like because they've already decided I'm good. Well, the recruiter might have decided that, but the hiring manager hasn't. And if they get a document that doesn't look great or doesn't give them the information that they're looking for or looks like it was written 10 years ago, it may make an impact on what you think was a slam dunk. Now, does that mean it needs to be professionally written? Of course not. It just needs to be able to convey that message quickly in an accomplishment focus. And if you're having challenges doing that, then that's what professional writers are there to help you do. Now, lots of hiring companies today, as we talked about in our trends conversation a few weeks ago, are starting to use some kind of automated referral system. So the process might look like this. A hiring manager puts to his recruiter that they needs this kind of person. The recruiter goes out onto the referral system, finds out that John knows someone who fits that profile, right, through their big data analytics using LinkedIn, whatever system it is they're using. So then that recruiter is most likely going to reach out to John, first the employee, and say, could you tell me a little bit more about this person, whatever the employer process is. And or they might reach out to you as the candidate and say, John has agreed to refer you for this position. Would you be interested? Again, they might set up the interview first and or they might ask for a resume. This is where it gets challenging for you as a candidate because you might not even be looking. 
you might not even be looking. You might not even be thinking about it. And here walks in this great opportunity. This is the benefit of LinkedIn in some ways because it allows you to put together all of your experiences in a comprehensive way. But it's also another prodding point for me to have you think about how you're keeping track of information and how you're keeping up-to-date information about your accomplishments. There's a lot of reasons to be doing that for your performance reviews, right? If you're going to ask for a raise, you've got, you've got the data to back it up. For LinkedIn, keeping that updated, not just for you as a candidate, but for your company to be promoting what you're doing as a company. And then obviously for you as a candidate to be able to quickly put together documents when an opportunity comes up. And in some ways, this is all just circling right back around to that idea of you being run, (laughs) you running your career like a business, right? Where you know that your business has to have the data at the ready if they were to get a request for proposal, right? They have to have the data at the ready to put forth to some kind of opportunity so that they can get sales, marketing information, whatever it is, your business is doing that to get sales. And now we're, we're just pushing that concept out to us as individuals, realizing that opportunities are going to be coming when we're not ready for them, when we're not thinking about them. And that if we're not ready to take those opportunities, we might find ourselves in a place two or three years down the road where now we're unemployed and having to go out and find those opportunities and being able to make those opportunities happen when they come up, whether they're internal or external, getting those conversations going is part of managing your career today. It's managing those opportunities in a way that makes sense for you and for your career and for the potential employer or your current employer. And that package of your resume and what it does for you as Louise said, is so much bigger than whether or not you're going to use this piece of paper during the hiring process. It's about having the information gathered in a way that makes sense and in a way that you have a little bit more control over in addition to LinkedIn so that you can share it when you need to. So if you're thinking about your resume, you're thinking about starting this kind of process of putting together your accomplishments, I would recommend starting with some kind of format like Louise shared, where it's challenge, action, result, or problem, action, resolution, whatever it is that makes sense for you. But capturing the stories in that way will give you the data that you need to be able to use them across those mediums. And then to also look for opportunities to position yourself as a leader in your field. And we've talked about this a lot in the last few months, but it doesn't, and in fact, it can't wait until you need a job. It can't wait. It'll be too late. Do it now. When you write a white paper, put it on LinkedIn. When you build a presentation, put it on LinkedIn. When you do a dashboard, fictionalize the numbers and put it on LinkedIn. 
all of those work products that are really going to help you stand out, build the portfolio of those now. And you'll be amazed at the value that has not just for if you want to move, but for in helping you position yourself better where you are. So we'll be right back here next week on The Career Confidant and very excited to be talking to Blue Steps, which is part of an organization that helps executives move between jobs. So if you're an executive or you know an executive, this is a show for them to be listening to because we're going to be really digging into how those opportunities come about and how those opportunities are put together and different ways that you can unearth executive opportunities. We're going to be talking to Joe Chapel from the Association of Executive Search Consultants, so giving you some more insight from that employer point of view. So listen in next week right here on The Career Confidant. Thank you for listening to The Career Confidant. Marie Zimanoff will return again with another terrific guest next Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. Be sure to join us then.